Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Wonderful guest today, Valerie Liss. Valerie Liss is a trainer and has conducted hundreds of workshops and coached thousands of people and helped them obtain consistent results using EFT or emotional freedom techniques. She's also a long-standing practitioner. She began doing EFT in 2001, and for the last 10 years, 2011, she's been a certified expert practitioner trainer and mentor for EFT Universe. She has written chapters in numerous books, including the Clinical EFT Handbook, and is the author of the book, Simplified EFT Tapping, How to Get Exceptional Results Every Time You Tap. Her insights can be blended with other styles of EFT. She's also a faculty member and teaches a variety of courses at a Minnesota State College. In all these roles, Valley provides amazing, self-empowering tools to her clients and audiences supporting positive change, which often takes place in just a few minutes. You can find more about her and get a schedule of all of her classes at her website, coursesforlife.com. That's courses, C-O-U-R-S-E-S, coursesforlife.com. Sally, welcome and thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Justin. I am absolutely delighted to be here. I am so curious as to how you stumbled on EFT and began using it because from 2001, that makes you one of the longest serving practitioners out there. So how did you find it? How did you discover what it can do? And how did you begin offering it to others? You know, my history is, is unusual. From, I don't think anyone else kind of came about it in the same way that I did. I actually discovered it in the late 90s. And started my business in 2001, and was actually using it personally before that. And I was coming in because of asthma and severe allergies, and I was using a version of EFT to eliminate my own allergies and sensitivities. Then started working with some other people, some other friends, and we started a group and spent every Thursday for, oh, eight, nine years and used EFT to eliminate allergies and sensitivities such as chemical sensitivities, food allergies, the seasonal allergies, cats, dogs, all kinds of things. So it's not your typical way to get involved with the practice of EFT, but definitely it works for that, just like all the other things it works for. So. Then you discover that doing group work, that people can overcome things like multiple chemical sensitivities. I'm just curious how long that takes people on average, Valerie. You know, the actual tapping itself doesn't take long. The, the entire 
entire practice beginning to end takes about a half hour. It's usually permanent. Uh, there are some really large kinds of sensitivities that might end up coming back and might need to be repeated. The practice itself, though, does not focus on the emotional side. It really focuses directly on the physical response and neutralizes the, the stress response in a different way from what we typically do with the EMT process. Yeah, I know that in training, the focus is usually on early childhood trauma, how it affected you, and how your current symptoms and experiences are reflection or compensation of that trauma. What you're saying here is that when it comes to allergies and sensitivities, often you tap directly on the on the problem itself. And a part of it, and, and also to to urge a very strong caution for the more severe allergens, because I, I wouldn't ever uh, want to have someone misinterpret what I'm saying. The idea is that you put yourself in contact with the allergen, and usually the fingertips are our sensory agents. So we put our, our fingertips in contact with the allergen, and then that gives a cue to the body that that particular item is in our energy field. And the body then starts to react, and then we tap, which then eliminates that response. And then the, uh, the other part of it is we continue holding it for about a half hour. So we don't have to tap for the entire half hour, but we're in contact with it for long enough the body to recognize that it's not a threat. And it is similar to the emotional concerns. It just it takes a little bit longer to get the, the information through the body. And so all the cells are aware that this item is not dangerous. But we never, we never go into anything having to do with the originating event, uh, any emotional event, uh, nothing at all. It's just a I'm also thinking about how this is working in the brain because after somebody has, say, had a sensitivity to a certain odor or a certain fabric or a certain substance for years and years and years, that is then a strongly conditioned response in the brain. And so when the person then is touching that item, they're evoking that strongly conditioned response. But when they then tap as well, What's then happening is counter-conditioning, and the body is then learning that, oh, this item is a threat, is a threat to my survival, because I'm now receiving this second soothing signal, counter-conditioning the first problematic signal, and that soothing signal is telling you that all is well. So uh, that coming signal in conjunction with, tap, with touching the item that triggers the reaction, I think, maybe what's going on in the brain. The way how you interpreted that—that that was right on. <laughs> yes, exactly, absolutely, exactly. And of course, going back again with the concept, because if someone has, for example, a life-threatening allergic response to a peanut, and they can't be in the environment of a peanut, for example, we would not want to use this particular method and put anyone in danger. And so, again, a caution with that—that that it can be very helpful for mild sensitivities and 
uh, for for chemical responses, odors, as well as seasonal allergies, all, all different types of things that all always exhibit toxins and protect oneself. Do you find that people get more allergies and become more sensitive over time if they aren't treated? You know, I, I, I would say yes, because I look at allergies and sensitivities like a big barrel. And in this barrel is uh, the response. And some people will say, well, I don't have any allergies. And they may not have any allergies and sensitivities in that show that they are aware of. But their barrel is getting full and it's hidden. It's beneath the surface. And then either through age or through traumatic experiences, the barrel begins to fill. I also believe that we can stretch that whole version of what is an allergy. And yes, allergy medically is an IgE reaction, sensitivities are IgG reactions, but I believe we can react to anything at all. So I've worked with people who react to water or air or blood, and it doesn't take much to fill your barrel if your body has an unhealthy stress response to something that it is in constant contact with. So once that barrel fills, then one sees the external, the awareness of what is what the person is responding to. And in addition, I believe when a person is under stress, the size of the barrel shrinks. So it's more likely to pop its top or to make the underlying responses more visible. I like that analogy, the barrel, and setting the barrel, and when the barrel gets too cold, we get sick. I, uh, I, 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 I'm also laughing internally, Valerie, because one of the things that the world of medicine does is they invent new terms which make simple things sound medical and complicated. And <laughs> yes. wait, one, one, one example is newborn, newborn baby, and everyone knows what a newborn baby is. It's a common term, and in obstetric gynecology, they call the newborn baby a neonate. Yes. <laughs> so all these terms, and the term for the bowels in many medical jargon is allostatic load. They call it the allostatic load, and so your body can and uh, your body can accept a certain allostatic load, but when the degree of and again this is another term they use, insult gets too high. The degree of allostatic load gets too big, then you can get sick, and then your defense system can just collapse when that gets too intense. But I like your And you 
directly on the negative symptoms and help to calm those down too. So, for example, if it's making you nauseous or it's making you tired mm. or it's giving you a headache or you're getting a sore throat, while you're holding the item for that 30 minutes, then you can also use the EFT to help soften those responses so that the 30 minutes isn't quite as uncomfortable. So the person might then go through a cycle of responses or like peeling away the layers of an onion and they may go through several different types of reactions in that half hour or more. Yes, yes. It's usually related to the item. And, for example, I will have someone that says their typical response is they get all itchy or they break out in hives. I've literally had people break out in hives for five minutes uh, or get itchy. And then it does go through cycles. I usually turns on, off, on, off. Sometimes it changes a little bit in quality. And then in about a half hour, all of the symptoms are gone. And the person will very often suddenly and abruptly just know that, that they're done. They feel good. And all side effects are gone. And I usually putting uh, that person next time they're in contact with that allergen. I usually have people take it real slowly. If it's a food item, I say don't do more. Wait a couple of days. Then don't take more than just a little tiny bite. Uh, wait another couple of days, then take uh, maybe a, a tablespoon, wait another couple of days, take it very slowly uh, just to make sure that you don't have any negative side effects. It's not 100%, but it is pretty, pretty high as far as the number of people that do get resolutions from that. Now, I mentioned that some people, it comes back again later. Why would that happen? I believe that the body is recreating it. The ones that come back again are things such as water, air, blood, and and some of the real common things. Uh, we can, let's say if we have asthma, which I did, have a reaction to lung tissue. Uh, the, if you look at, let's say, for something like asthma or an allergic type response to air or water, that there was a drowning incident. And at the moment of drowning, the body is going through its process to protect itself and is looking for threats to survival. The number one threat if you're drowning is water. And the number two threat if you're drowning is breathing. If you breathe or both of them are, are dangerous. So when the person ends up surviving the drowning incident, they are still, afterward, reacting to water and air. Now, the, the, you can't live without water and air, but what happens is the body's ability to use those resources is diminished. So if it's in water and a part of its body is trying to protect itself and it's trying to wish that whoosh that water away, the other part of the body is trying desperately to use those resources, so the matter of fact is the body can't use it properly. So I think once this happens, then we continue to be in contact with water and air, and it's as if it has a little bit of a warm top, 
and if someone is drinking a glass of water while stressing over an upcoming test or an upcoming event, then the body seems to be able to find that pathway a little bit faster, a little bit easier for that person who has already had it once before. And so that's why I believe it, it comes back. I think it's recreated, but that the pathway is just a little bit easier to follow. That makes perfect sense. Now, uh, even though you were tapping usually on the allergen or the sensitivity itself and not on childhood events, have you had cases where you did tap on childhood events and a allergic reaction or a sensitivity went away? Uh, yes, yes. And, and definitely it can be done from both sides. And, and so, yes, I've, I've, I've done both. So if there is a childhood event, it only makes sense that it's there and it's to be passed on. Uh, the beauty of this is that very often allergy sensitivities, just like phobias, for example, that you don't know or, or the person doesn't know where it came from and to attempt to find a childhood event can be challenging. So it's just another alternative. It's another way to get there without needing to go back and determine or figure out what that initial event was. One of the questions I ask people sometimes is when the thing started. And that's always interesting to find out when it started because they, did, they were born allergic. Something happened in their lives and usually they'll say, oh, I became allergic at 14 or 21 or whatever it is. But I'd love to share a couple of cases you've worked on where people had dramatic clearings from allergies or sensitivities. Yes, I have, I have quite a few. So first, the real obvious ones, I'm not going to go into individual case histories, but to know that it has been very effective for things such as gluten insensitivity or lactose insensitivity and to be able to ingest a dairy product or weed again and also seasonal allergies and uh, things such as certain flowers or grass or uh, certain plants. And so those are real common. Moving into some of those that are a little bit more unusual, I actually have a number of allergists who refer their most challenging clients to me, or their 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 client their their most challenging patients to me. And I at first thought it was kind of strange and realized that what I believe they're doing is is they believe that the allergy or sensitivity has an emotional component, uh, that they think that a good part of it is uh, is beyond their ability to work on the emotional side then that's when I get the referral. So I've had some real serious allergens to latex, uh, to soy, uh, to, uh, to really some uh, very strong responses that we've been able to clear in the office. Of course, with those strong responses, we take it very, very, very slowly. It may take two or three seconds to be able to work it through. But if, uh, if possible, I'd like to share my most unusual case study I think of all my years doing EFT. Are you open to that, Dawson? I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> I did have to do. And, and, and this is actually a, a, a friend that had this. And I don't think she's ever known that I consider her to be my, my weirdest greatest case. So she had a very strong 
allergic response to dogs. And the strangest thing is that she had a dog and did not react on a day-to-day basis. But when she reacted, and she could name maybe 10, 12 times in her life that she had an intense reaction. It was her eyes were running, she was itching all over, breaking out in eyes. It was intense. And she thought it was the strangest thing that she was having this response to that. So we went through the protocol, and you had asked if uh, sometimes we can find the original component, the original event, and clear it. In this case, it was the exact opposite. We did the clearing from the physical side, and the original event appeared. So the original event, she was, oh, about five years old. Her dog had just had puppies. She had one puppy in her right arm, another puppy in her left arm, and she had an older sister. Her sister was 13, 14, or something like that. And out of the blue, her sister came barking out of her room, and she had a scissors, and she was going to attack my client. So my client, again, four, five, six years old, went running, holding on to both of these puppies, in a panic, and telling the puppies, it's okay, it's okay, I'm going to take care of you. And that was the entire event. But because of this event, she figured out what the, what and how she was allergic to dogs, and why sometimes she was, and sometimes she wasn't. Any ideas and guesses? It's a combination. You have well, to I'm dogs just thinking about it, and clearly there was uh, an association between dogs and stress, and then the experience of a lot of safety, the shock of being attacked by a family member, then trying to protect herself, and you know, does she protect herself, or does she protect the puppies? But I, I don't see any obvious link to uh, the allergy, Valerie. And I don't think you could ever figure it out. <laughs> I said I started out telling you this is the weirdest one ever. So this is what she was allergic to, believe it or not. She was allergic to not one dog, not three dogs, but two dogs. Negative behaviors or negative thoughts or 
incredibly friendly, these things make sense to people, and they make a tap on them and shit them. I, I actually believe that EFT has some type of a, of a divine guidance system, and all we need to do is to get it started and recognize that the information is there and the body's wisdom will show it at the proper time. Because in the beginning, when working with clients, and someone would say, oh, that's weird, I just got this memory. And in the beginning, I thought, wow, what a coincidence. You know, and then the second time, what a coincidence. Third time, what a coincidence. And now realizing it's a part of the process. And as a person is tapping through, it is a natural response for memories to come up, and they're the most relevant memory for whatever it is that the person needs to resolve. It is one of the goosebump parts of being a practitioner. I cannot imagine anything more rewarding than to be there when people have these wonderful big ahas and to be supporting them through the process of um, coming out with them, too. It's exciting. Working, I was working with this last week who was a clinical psychologist, and she was working on issues that, and again, she is a clinical psychologist, she is in, probably in her late 50s, early 60s, a whole career in psychology, and there were these issues that just were crippling her still. It was so amazing to watch her just make breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough in her understanding as she passed, that she's never been able to make with all the previous training. And I'm not, I'm not in any way playing down psychology because a lot of our practitioners are psychologists and psychology as a field has an amazing amount to offer us and our help. And uh, yet often just looking at things without tapping, we hit dead ends. So when we look at things and tap, that's when I think you're right, the magic starts to happen. Reality starts to become a little bit less set, a little less pretty defined, and we're able to then shift. Absolutely. So that is a, that, that, that's a remarkable story. What other kinds of pretty difficult or severe problems have you encountered in your practice? One of the parts, I, I do have a lot of tips that I will continue to share in workshops uh, that I do, the EFT University workshops. I'd like to throw in a lot of hints and tips. Now, I know you've worked with some clients who have really difficult, lifelong issues. I'd love to hear about how you've used EFT for cases like that. So one special area where there has been quite a bit of positive benefit from the EFT is with just one understanding of one emotion. And the emotion is excitement, specifically nervous excitement. And once I realized that nervous excitement has the exact same form of physical response as the negative emotions. That heart races, breathing goes up, digestion stops, pupils dilate, all of the fight or flight symptoms come in from excitement. And if the excitement is inappropriate or extended, that it is the cause of a lot of different situations. I have used the nervous excitement to help resolve all kinds of issues. So, number one, bullying. A bully is typically a person who has a nervous excitement. 
excitement associated with being in power. So when a person, I've worked with a lot of young people on this, and kind of snuck it in, I was an adult, and just uh, asked a simple question when working with them. So there is there any excitement over being in power? And once they feel that excitement, to tap it and to tap it away. So it works well with bullying. It also works with, uh, let's say, obsessive-compulsive hand-washing. So if a person is reacting to or having a, a, a strong obsessive-compulsive hand-washing, so most people would know or most practitioners would know to work on the aversion to germs, but they miss the nervous excitement that comes when the person puts their hands underwater. So if you do not clear that, then they're still going to put their hands underwater just because they get so many endorphins flying when they do. So it can be very effective for that. I actually had uh, one of my students, and I, I, I cannot say this word. I know that you, you, you probably can't. I always want to say trickle mania, but I know that it's a longer word than that, but it's hair pulling. Kind of shift 
when she did it without having to disclose it. So yeah, it provides the client with, they can disclose if they want to, they can not disclose if they don't want to, but then they can experience powerful shift either way. I also really think you're on something with this idea of nervous excitement because people may actually like that or, or get a, a high from that, and yet it can be very unhealthy. I think that actually a lot of what we call about called being in love is mm-hmm. actually that, that people get stimulated by a new person or by a person that they're a fixation on, and a lot of it is just cortisol and adrenaline getting sky high in their bodies, so they get this rush that they call it chemistry, but actually what it is, is it's a, it can often lead to dysfunctional behavior, and so when they tap and release that, they can then see the person that they're getting all excited about, or the job, or the, the house, whatever it is, without an overlay, because that overlay is actually going to prevent them from seeing clearly and responding appropriately. So I think you, you, have, a, you have a powerful insight there in that what we think of as a good thing, excitement, actually can just be another form of fight or flight. Absolutely. If you look at EFT, it's been known as a factor for cravings all along. And cravings are a form of nervous excitement. Another way that I've used it in the past is in working with uh, bipolar or uh, those who not only have the downs, which, of course, that can be very distressful, but that nervous excitement associated with the upside and have been able to have quite a bit of help for them as well in the, in the bipolar by using that nervous excitement piece, too. Yes, I think that is actually a clue to all kinds of challenges and what may manifest as something else entirely may just be that kind of, in effect, first response. That is so interesting. Go to her website, coursesforlife.com. At coursesforlife.com, you'll see Valerie's schedule of the classes she's teaching. Also, if you'd like to make an appointment for either allergies or for one of those other conditions that EFT can help, which is virtually everything. I'd like to explore that for a moment, Valerie, and check in with you about times of EFT doesn't work. I'm just thinking about, for example, uh, an experience I had in Washington, D.C. a few years back, but I was in a, uh, I was in a cab, and I was in, in a cab with three other people. They were in the back seat, I was in the front seat. The driver had a scent strip hanging from the rearview mirror, and this scent strip just gave me a huge reaction. My phone knows he had to clear up and he had to tap. That didn't help. I opened the windows. That didn't help. I was having a severe reaction to this thing, even though it wasn't offensive to anyone else in the cab. So sometimes even tapping doesn't help or hasn't always helped me. What do you do in cases like that? Yeah, I would agree that there are certain cases, just as I said, that you would not want to take a life-threatening allergy to peanuts and hand a person a peanut and expect that EFT is going to immediately eliminate it because when it is such a big, strong reaction, it is more challenging to get the EFT to work. So one thing that you could do is, in, in a situation like that, you really do just have to get away from it. And yes, tap just to try and keep yourself calm, and once you're, you're away from it, then see if you can find that test strip and don't open it. And so there's no odor to it. And it, put your fingertips on that. And then maybe have somebody else open it, uh, let it dry out for a couple of days, 
and we put it in a Ziploc bag and, and, and take it very gradually because if you have something that is too strong, the body is just, it, 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 it is so determined to protect you from it that no matter how much you try to calm yourself down, it just isn't really going to work. And I have noticed for myself, I had, I had asthma, that's how it started, and I really don't have too much anymore. I have noticed in the past that if I do have something I'm reacting to, in almost every case, the EFT tapping does stop the asthma attack, but I still need to get away from the item, too. I can't just sit there and breathe it in and expect that the EFT is going to work on its own. I once had an, an, an item that lasted for years and years and years, and I could not figure it out. And this one is kind of a woo-woo one, and the reason why is because it wasn't mine. It was my mother's. And I believe that we can create disease in the nine months that we are a fetus, we ourselves in that body, and we are taking on everything from that body, and it was insects. And I'm Native American. I had a very strange combination that when incense and church were combined, I had a very strong reaction. And I realized it was because my mother was Native American. She was in a boarding school, and really serious things happened in those boarding schools, that the children were beaten for speaking their Native language. And the incense was also used very heavily in the church in those days. And so my own allergy, uh, my own, uh, my own response to incense, once I realized it had to do with my mom rather than me, I did a little bit of remote tapping, which of course is into the woo-woo side, and was able to finally clear that for myself as well. Well, I believe 
that again, people can be reactive to anything at all in the world. So I have worked with people who react to emotions. So that, for example, they get excited when they're around people that are angry. They are afraid of their own anger. So can have reactions to that. The idea with the physical response or the physical allergy protocol is that putting my fingertips and waiting for a half hour is it when things are deeper or you can't remember the initiating event or you don't have any emotion associated with it, but it's totally a physical response. So you can also work dates, uh, calendar dates. September 11th is one that a lot of people react to, right? Or colors. I, there's a lot of fascinating stories about people reacting to colors. Um, well, the, the whole thing, well, we're looking at seeing where you have reactions and then when you get triggered, excuse me, I'm going to try some of those this weekend. Abby, I'm so appreciative receiving your wisdom, your insights, your compassion that just shines through what you say. Thank you so much. It is an absolute delight. I thank you so very much for having me. I hope your listeners find some good, uh, mm. good information. Well, then, and again, for more on Valerie's work, go to our website, Courses for Life. For more on the show and to download your mini manual, go to my website, Dawson. 